0: This talk is brought to you by iBiology.org, and this audio was taken from a video available on our website. Welcome, everyone. I'm Joanne Kamens, Executive Director of AdGene, and today I'm going to be presenting the Mentoring Masterclass Part 2, The Logistics of Forming Your Own Peer Mentoring Group. I'm hoping that in part one of this series, I convinced you how great and important it will be for you to form your first peer mentoring group, or maybe it's not your first. Um, and now I'm gonna talk about some of the best practices and logistics for doing that so that you have a successful experience. So the first step to getting a peer mentoring group is just assembling one. Remember you wanna all be getting together regularly. So I recommend five or six people as kind of the max to make this work. Um, it could be a little smaller, a little bigger. The group can be all the same. You could be all from one department or all the same career stage. Maybe you're all third year scientists or first year postdocs or just at your first new job. Um, Or it can be a difference of perspectives. Some people who are um, in certain types of roles and some in others at different stages of their careers. Uh, there are different advantages to each of those. It's it's worth thinking about a little bit what you want your group to be based on the things that you want to accomplish. Sometimes it's good to find peers that share a a similar problem that they're trying to solve. So the very first Massachusetts Association for Women in Science mentoring group was, um, as I recall, five women who wanted to transition from academia to industry and their advisors were blocking them. So they had a very, very similar barrier. Uh, advisors that wouldn't write them recommendations or refused to support their exploration. Um, and all five of them ended up with jobs in industry and are now wildly successful some 15 years later. So, um, you know, that very first group was a group formed to solve a specific problem. So assemble your list and start making the asks. Be prepared to explain the things I'm going to tell you about logistics because people will want to know how much time is it going to be? What are you asking of me? Um, And, you know, one thing I will mention is that if you choose people within your department or your lab to do this, confidentiality will be a little bit different because there will be you might not want to cry in front of those people. Um, you might not want to, you know, admit that you're struggling with something. Um, whereas, if you have a group of people who are perhaps distant, we're really good at Zoom meetings now. You can have people in other cities. You can have people in other countries. Um, if you want to form a virtual group, uh, video wise, and do it, you know, through uh, virtual peer mentoring, then you may be able to get people from very, very different places, which will allow you an added level of confidentiality to your discussions. There are benefits to both approaches. So, okay, you have your your committed people, maybe you have at least four to get started and you can add a few as you're going along the way. Um, Get yourselves organized. How are you going to meet? I I look forward to the day when I meet in person with my mentoring groups, but I will tell you that I'm mentoring a mass AWIS group this year. I am working on the Healthcare Business Women's Association program. They are entirely virtual and they have been very successful. Um, it's actually something that seems to work on video with the same people over and over again. You get used to each other's video quirks and um, the longer the group meets, the better the meetings get even virtually. So, oh, we all look forward to having a martini someday together in a bar, but uh, my groups that are meeting virtually are actually doing quite well. So, okay, decide what your rules are gonna be about meeting. Um, you wanna commit to a meeting schedule. Uh, Most of the groups I'm involved in meet monthly. That may be not enough for you. If you're meeting virtually for an hour, you might be able to do it twice a month um, at lunch. Or when is that going to be? What is it going to look like? Um, Most groups, most programs have a scheduled eight months or a year that you're committing, kind of committing to the group. I will tell you that about half of the groups that I'm involved in continue to meet indefinitely. Maybe not every month, but irregularly because they just want to. Actually, one of the first places I heard about peer mentoring was in a book called Every Other Thursday uh, by Ellen Danielle, which is a group of women in California, a group of women scientists who met every other Thursday for 18 years or more, probably more at this point, when the book was written, just to support one another through uh, all of their career changes. Um, And the huge benefits that I read about in that book is one of the things that really turned me on to this model. So, okay, but that's a lifelong commitment that sounds a little scary. So stick with the eight months and get people interested enough to that one part of the commitment. So you really want to talk with the group about really committing to making the meetings. Um, It's the success of mentoring groups is directly correlated. And I mean, scientifically because we have a lot of data on this directly correlated to actually meeting almost no other criteria is important. Who's in the group, what they talk about, none of those things matter. What matters is that they actually get together every month so that by month four, they know one another and they can start even doing better work and supporting one another even better. So I'm not talking about if you have a health emergency or I actually had one mentoring group where our second meeting was disrupted because one woman had an early delivery of her baby. Okay, we don't kick people out of the group for those things. We 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 adjust, but um, we try really hard to have the meetings on the scheduled day. If one person can't make it, meet anyway. Power through. Keep going. So you also want to decide how you want to communicate. Again, we've gotten so good at remote communication. There's so many great tools. Um, I have a WhatsApp group with my current group. Um, We have Google Docs that we share, and we'll talk more about content later. Um, We put our agendas, and we have folders of content and things to read. Um, All of those things can help. You just have to decide what the rules are. Um, If we email one another, how long should it take before we respond? It's really important that you kind of set these ground rules, write them down, put them in that Google Doc, um, and so that everybody knows what they're committing to. And, you know, you can pressure one another to do it well. Some groups actually have a signed commitment in some programs I've been in. They make a document where they actually create a mentoring contract, if you will. If that seems like it's going to work for you. I can provide you a template, that's a great idea. But even just saying it out loud, what you all agree to is probably enough and recording the rules and the norms of the group. So then you wanna plan for success because as I mentioned, chances are this is gonna be successful, is a very high rate of success if everyone meets those first two criteria, they're interested and they're willing to commit some time. So what I think really works best is that each meeting has one leader and uh, maybe not the first meeting or the second, but then you assign a leader for each meeting who's responsible for the topic, for the discussion, maybe provides reading material or other exercises to be done, and kind of nudges everyone to remember them to show up and prepare. Rotating that responsibility, it's a leadership management type role, it's practice in that that job, um, is another benefit of the mentoring team. Um, Usually in the first meeting or pre-meeting, the group will discuss their general areas of interest and figure out what they want to cover. One way to do that is to have everyone bring three topics that they're interested in, and you can see if there's commonality or you can have a vote. Um, or some topics are so popular that they're clearly the first ones to start with. And some topics may take more than one meeting. Um, you know, it, it's your journey to, to design, but I definitely recommend that you design it with some structure. Um, as opposed to just getting together and having beers, even virtually, you can do that with, your anybody. That's not what the peer mentoring group is for. You really want to use the group to drive change. I always recommend that mentoring groups work with agendas, a little bit of a structure. Maybe they start every meeting with a half an hour of catch up, get that out of the way over the first drink, um, but then dive into content that's been prearranged and even curricula. So um, I actually have uh, associated with my LinkedIn um, profile. I can also send you um, example curricula that you can use for your group that Choose your topics and set that up so that you have it really um, kind of hardwired. Of course, you can change it as you go along if things come up and things happen. But setting a, a planned agenda for your meetings can really help drive learning and knowledge, and just you know doing doing things uh, more productively, as it were. Maybe you want to write development plans together over many months, um, setting concrete goals and tracking each other's um, progress. Maybe you want to practice speaking. Uh, scientists very rarely get enough practice speaking. I do this once or twice a week, so I get a lot of practice. Um, it makes it much easier for me to speak. If you are doing a job talk, that's the first time you've ever given that talk. I guarantee you it's going to be much harder uh, than if you've had at least even a few run-throughs with your mentoring group. Maybe you want to go to a seminar together virtually or in real life someday, um, debrief on the topic or Watch a scientific talk and debrief on what went well and what didn't go well, maybe why it was such a bad talk. Um, you know, uh, that can be fun as well. Maybe you want to invite guests. Uh, people have more experience in a topic that you're interested in. They can be mentors for a minute or for an hour um, and, and, and join your group in that way and, and change things up a little bit. Go to a networking event together, have a competition. Who's the fastest person who can get a new, uh, a new acquaintance that they want to have coffee with at that meeting? Whatever. I'm sure you can think of many fun things to do. So, um, you know, consider this, especially after your group has met for a few times and is well formed and well on its path. In the third part of this series, I'll talk a lot about how to use content to set goals and reach goals, Um, and that's really what you want to do. You want to change something during this year. You want to make a move. And so just sitting around complaining about how bad things are today is not going to get you there. You want to do some learning and teaching of one another and experiment with the process. Have fun with it. This really can be a really fun experience. The last step is really to celebrate. So hopefully during your journey in a year, you will have many successes along, I'm sure, with struggles. And you want to celebrate those things together and whatever works for your group, chocolate, wine, I don't know what it is, but there will be something that you will all be excited about, uh, maybe virtually or maybe in person. And stay in touch because whether or not you keep meeting regularly as a mentoring group, these certainly will be part of your network for years to come. And the peers that you have now will be your boss or you will be their boss someday. I can tell you that's actually happened to me. So um, stay in touch with people um, and use these relationships for people that know you and that now you can trust uh, in the way that they're meant to enrich your career and your journey and your learning. So thank you so much for joining us for part two of the Peer Mentoring Masterclass, and I look forward to having you join me for part three, where we talk about more mentoring best practices. Visit us at iBiology.org for more free talks from the world's top scientists. Funding is provided by the National Science Foundation and the National Institute of General Medical Sciences.